Hi, this is Reese Roper, and you're listening to our newest podcast ever. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew and John, and we love this podcast because it's about us. Welcome to Magnified Pod, the second season, our newest podcast ever. John Potter has dumps like a truck. I'm Andrew. I'm John. This is our podcast, and Woo! we're back. Yeah. So, episode two, mm-hmm. newest podcast ever, our newest album ever, mm-hmm. best episode ever. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like that first episode, we're getting back into our rhythm a bit. Yeah, that's true. And I did my stretches tonight. <laughs> I, also, I also have a beer this time. Yeah, so, I have met multiple of those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just going to go ahead and... Back around open. Ooh, yeah. Okay, okay. Boom. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Another uh, magnified hops down the hatch. Shout yes. out my buddy, Eric. So I've been toying with the idea of getting some of that that Best Life IPA again since they re-released it. Yeah, I keep seeing people sharing pics of it in places or, like Texas. Yeah, or should I say Best Life Yes, you should. (laughs) Cheers, bro. Cheers, man. Clink. All right. What's what's the verdict? All right. Now, we discussed this a bit last episode, but he brewed this for us in like July. (laughs) So it's not an ideal time to drink it. No. But I think it's still good. I think it still holds up. It's a perfectly serviceable (laughs) IPA. Wow. That's going to be the pull quote on the on the poster for the beer. <laughs> oh man. I think it's great, Eric. Did you hear me <laughs> not say? <laughs> what did you hear me say? Perfectly serviceable, 5 out of 5. <laughs> I'm I I I wish that we consumed these yeah. 6 6 months ago. <laughs> still good. It's still good. Um yeah, it's got a it is definitely got that West Coast vibe. Yeah. But it's a it's a balance. Uh-huh. I'm actually fourth third or fourth sip in. Mm-hmm. I'm actually um more impressed with it than maybe my that first initial sip when that was right. when I was trying to ascertain the the style. Mm. And then I remembered the 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 West Coast. Hops. It's West Coast and Midwest hops in a beautiful fusion. Oh. Um, it's the it's the um, it's the future. That's right. Well, maybe by the end of the app, you'll upgrade it from serviceable to adequate. So we'll see. Fuck you! <laughs> I was not trying to be an asshole. Okay. <laughs> uh. I. Whatever. I'm just going to move off of this. Jeez. It's delicious. It, it is send good. Us, send us and make us more beer, everyone. Yeah, if somebody wants to make us um, make us some beer, you know. Um, well, I feel like it's weird that Tom C. hasn't sent us a case of Best Life yet, but I assume it's just on its way. 
uh, yeah, I think yeah. it got lost in the mail with all of our other spawn con that yeah, yeah. we, you know. But anyway, so five iron. Um, five days ago, tweeted out, uh, twenty twenty new five iron album, uh, asterisk, maybe. Mm. Uh, that was also like a couple weeks after they tweeted. So we've got a new album in the works, sorta. Um, so they they um, they're just kind of being a bunch of dicks about this, like <laughs> getting everybody excited, getting everybody right. like, but not too excited. Not too excited. There's they're sort of maybe trying to temper expectations. <laughs> yeah. So maybe like, it's like more of an EP. Maybe it's maybe, like some. Maybe it's an EP. Maybe. Jesus part two type situation. <laughs> or they already had a, a second. Yeah, they did. Jesus, Jesus three. Um, a Jesus trilogy. Yeah. Threes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I hope it's something. I feel. I hope it's just that they are working on a new album, but they're not sure whether it'll be out this year. That's what I hope. Well. I feel like when we talked with Andy la- yeah. uh, last year, things were in the works. Things were in the works. So that was, I don't remember even, when was our Andy interview? Uh, probably summerish. Really? Was it that late? <laughs> I, I could not tell you. I have no concept of time anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so speaking of um, things since our last episode, mm-hmm. like that transition. That was good. It was, it was ter- <laughs> Speaking <terrible>. of things. <laughs> Speaking of times we have uh, talked. <laughs> That's our new segment. <laughs> yep. Uh, so our first episode that came out uh, just last week mm-hmm. um, on January 6th. Word. We talked about the, the rise of Skywalker and when mm-hmm. we had recorded the episode, uh, it was had, had not come out just yet. Right. So we have both since seen it. Mm-hmm. We have both since um, compiled mentally yeah. thoughts and ideas. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, nice. Me just trying to appeal to MXPX fans again. Always. Um, so, John, where do we want to begin with our discussion of Rise of Skywalker? I mean, I feel like the one thing the world needs from two white guys more than a, another podcast is takes on Star Wars. So, um. you know, it's it's really one of the most boring things in the world. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, we. Uh, I think Ryan Johnson and Disney ruined the trilogy. <laughs> I felt pretty like there was that dichotomy before Rise of Skywalker came out already where it was sort of like there was this narrative of like you either like Force Awakens or you like Last Jedi. Um, and I liked both of them a lot. It's a bad take. It's a bad take. But I think there were people who were like Force Awakens is more what you think of when you think about star Wars and last Jedi, you know, Ryan Johnson, like undid these characters we've 
come to love. And I think like as time no. went on, that, <laughs> that has, it is, you know, the, the, uh, uh, last Jedi is very star Wars. It is, it, it is an ultra star Wars movie. Yeah. And I think the characters in the movie stayed very true to who they were. Cosine. I don't but know I do what the think, fuck people are watching. I think it was surprising initially. And maybe like I even, I really liked it initially, but even after the first time I saw it, I was like, boy, I don't know. I need to process that. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, is this the best Star Wars movie? Because <laughs> um, it is so surprising and it's so satisfying as a story on its own without having to worry about, is it a quote unquote good Star Wars story? It's just a good movie. Um, but so I think the question became like, so is this new one going to, you know, which like quote unquote side is it going to appeal to more? You know, the people who were upset about Last Jedi being sort of like risky and weird or the people who um, kind of wanted more of those risks. And I think, I think we got our answer. Um, well, you know, the, the Star Wars fans... Uh, don't know what they want correct they think they know what they want but they never know what they want they want something like the old star wars right and then so you have the force awakens which is very much like old star wars and then they're just like you're just recycling ideas it's just the same thing as a new hope okay and then there's the last jedi it's like oh what are you doing you're changing star wars too much right okay so you want yeah. something that's different, but the same, right? but not. Which is maybe why something like Mandalorian has a more successful... Or why Rogue One is the best Star yeah. Wars movie to come out in decades. Hot take. Um, actually, it's not that hot. I guess a lot of people feel that way now. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I think probably... Because it has stakes. Right. Um, I loved The Last Jedi, but mainly because of how it sort of like opened up that world. And so I felt like by the time of Rise of Skywalker and we were kind of like tying off the whole thing in ways that weren't super satisfying to me, I was like, was this whole thing a mistake? Like, did we need these movies to be sequels? Should they just have been something totally new? And I like the first two so much that I'm not sure where I land on that. But I do think that where Last Jedi was leading, which is something like kind of like what Mandalorian or Rogue One or whatever does, where it's like a whole new story that's like adjacent you know Mm -hmm. franchise adjacent, but like exploring whole new ideas so i feel like that's if they go that route i feel better about it as like a culmination of like nine movies the skywalker saga which i feel like was not an idea that even was really like i don't feel like i heard the phrase skywalker saga until like last jedi was coming out or something yeah um it wasn't a super satisfying end for me but no it all it all felt kind of like an afterthought and yeah that it wasn't really planned out super super well uh i still need to see it again um i have a feeling i'll like it more the second time i'm sure that was the same way it was with the last jedi so right yeah and i've watched the last jedi a bunch since Yep. yep and i don't know they're there i don't need to we don't need to get into super spoilery areas if people haven't seen it yet, but sure. uh, suffice it to say what Ryan Johnson 
was setting up, um, I think was far more interesting than what, than what JJ Abrams decided to do. Yeah. And maybe if some of those ideas that Ryan Johnson explored get to be explored and like, is he still doing a trilogy, which was announced? He was supposedly doing another trilogy of Star Wars movies, but we haven't heard much about that. Um, that I seems... think people who don't like Ryan Johnson are must be leading sad lives because <laughs> he is such an amazing writer. So nice. Yeah. He's such an amazing writer and he's so the, the stuff that he does is it's just all so interesting. Yeah. But makes me wonder what would have happened if he didn't, if he did the third movie. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'm glad we got the second movie, even if where we ended with the third wasn't what I hoped for. Right. But I do still hope we get more stories from him that kind of explore uncharted territory now tying it back into our pod right uh in addition to ryan johnson being a good writer and a nice person he's also a former 90s youth group kid Whoa. so as you suggested yeah. we need to hashtag get, get him, him on, on the pod, pod. Get him um, on the pod. <laughs> i assume he'll be by any day now maybe for like a brave saint saturn up um <laughs> dude i'm saying if we float him this idea I'm not. I'm not saying we won't get him on the pod, but what <laughs> I'm saying is, other we podcasts will, that I listen will, to, we will definitely get him on the pod. And especially <laughs> since I met, I have met his brother Nathan Johnson. Yeah, I don't know about this. Um, I wore, I went to for a semester. I was. I did a music program oh. uh, in 2005. Right. And his brother Nathan Johnson was in this band called the Cinematic Underground. Good name. And they wrote this amazing concept album. The album for whatever reason was written in chiastic form. And I don't even know what that means. So it's, it, it's like a, it's sort of like a mirrored, um, uh, a, like, like a way palindrome. Of, it's, it, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know the best way to describe it, but it's like, but yeah, it's, he wrote this album called anesthesia and like Anna, like the name A N N A, Anastasia. But uh, he so and his band performed at at our school, and we were all just like, "You're <laughs> amazing!" And he's uh -huh. just such a talented writer. And I and I think Nathan wrote some music for some of Ryan's films. That sounds familiar. So I think we could probably hashtag oh, get them both on the pod. Well, uh, we gotta work on something. Yeah, um, man. but he uh, this all came up because someone asked about uh, the song that was in Ryan Johnson's movie Knives Out uh, by Larry Norman, Christian rocker. Um, and he shared that when he was a kid, he was super into Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith, um, but he was into all the teen local SoCal bands, uh, which like he's got to know about Tooth and Nail. He's got to know he's, about MXPX. He's got to so. know about he's got to know about the Supertones. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, at any rate, we'll make that happen. <laughs> That's our promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, John, do you want to... Do you want to play a game? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so last week, we played a game where I asked you, is this a member of a ska band or is it a serial killer? <laughs> uh -huh. It has since swept the nation. <laughs> yep. 
Um, I'm getting hella royalties, and so <laughs> we're about to we're about to blow this studio. Yeah, Mag- 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 <laughs> Magpod Studios North is going to be <laughs> legit. Yeah, yeah, get that yeah. Hasbro money. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a, t- a tabletop game. Yep, it'll be a big deal. <laughs> um, no, but instead, this week we're playing. Is this a ska band or is this a beer? Ooh, I like it. All right. This like maybe I'll do a little bit better at. I wasn't it wasn't a great final percentage on the serial killer game. No, no, it was not. All right. Um, are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay. The first one is Bad Manners. Mm. Uh beer. Oh man! Bad manners. <laughs> they are an English two-tone ska band, led by frontman Buster Bloodvessel. I love that dude. <laughs> um, they were their most popular during the early 1980s, during a period when the ska revival bands such as Madness, The Specials, and The Selector filled the charts. Mm. They I spent like- a hun- They spent 111 weeks in the UK singles charts uh, wow. between 1980 and 1983. I bet uh, Danny Leary and many people are like yelling at me right now that I don't know them, but uh, sorry, everybody. Sorry. All right. Uh, Next. Curiosity 59. Oh, jeez. Beer. Correct. Curiosity 59 is an American Imperial IPA from Treehouse Brewing in Charlton, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, so for anybody who ever makes it out to Massachusetts and is a fan of craft beer, do yourself a favor and go head up Treehouse Brewing. They have some amazing, amazing beers. Cool. Okay. So, John, so far, um, one for two. Okay. Okay. Third one. Let's go bowling. Oh. Well, damn. Damn. I know bowling for soup is a thing. Um, that's not what this is. This is something else. <laughs> no, this is let's go bowling. <laughs> I'm going to say band. Yes. Yeah, that's not Let's familiar. go bowling is an American third wave ska band hailing from Fresno, California. Since okay. the band's inception in 86, the band's traditional ska style, barbershop harmonies, wisely crafted instrumentals, and its frantic live performances help set the standard for dress and culture for West Coast ska, which Jeez. in turn set the groundwork for the third wave ska movement in 95. So I would hope that I would know that. I I gave this caveat last time, but I know much more about punk than I do about ska. <laughs> my my uh, scholage is, is limited. Yeah, well, I'm, we're gonna give you every ska opportunity <laughs> to... <laughs> To grow this college. Got it? <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, number four, we have Lord Wang Doodle. <laughs> oh, man. Um, beer? Correct. Yeah. Lord Wang Doodle, Vale Brewing <laughs> Company from Richmond, Virginia. It's an imperi- American Imperial Stout. It's 11.5%. Ooh. 
It will, like it will fuck up your day. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I would like to try that. Yep. Next one. Nelson, baby. With <laughs> uh, an exclamation point. Um, Nelson, comma, baby, exclamation point. <laughs> okay. Um, band. Oops. There we go. <laughs> no. Whoops. Sorry. Yeah. Like I, signals here. <laughs> yeah. It is not a band. It is a beer. It is a New England IPA from Alvarado Street Brewing okay. in um, somewhere in California. Okay. But it is a juicy IPA and has hops from Freestyle Farms in New Zealand, which sounds delicious because I love a Marlboro uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. And it sure. says, if you like those, you're going to be into this. So Nelson, baby. Nelson, baby. Um, I'm kind. <laughs> okay. Uh, I voted for Kodos. <laughs> Man, that could be both so easily, which is why this is a good game. Um, banned. Yay. I voted for Kodos, often abbreviated IV4K, was an American ska punk pop punk band signed to Snapdragon Records from 99 to 2007 from Madison, Wisconsin. Perfect. There's a rich tradition of, of bands being named after Simpsons references. That's true. Um, I, I just I just had the conversation with a, with a buddy, um, our friend uh, Eric Nordenson. Uh-huh. We were walking somewhere and it was icy and I had I, I had jokingly said that asked asked him if he wanted to hold hands and I <laughs> and I then I said, uh, how else do you expect us to share long protein strands? <laughs> we are merely sharing protein <laughs> strands. Um Yes, solid. Also, shout out to Tiger Jack's first uh, EP, which was called Through the Looking Glass, which is an Alice in Wonderland story, but also was a reference to the Simpsons episode where Milhouse says, we're through the looking glass here, people. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Worth mentioning. Um, uh, text us, your, or send us your favorite <laughs> Simpsons reference. Yes, please. About Kodos. Uh, me yes or otherwise <laughs> me and uh brian dirksen our college buddy brian dirksen yeah, <laughs> That's right. that brown, he, uh, he and i had a, had a band that never actually played a show but we wrote some songs that was called monkey knife fight which was also a simpsons <laughs> yeah, reference it is <laughs> anyway um that was uh was the what a, you should have called your band Furious George. I mean, that's. I I'm, think there actually is a band called I'm, Furious George. I'm, sh- I'm sure there are like 90 bands called Furious George. <laughs> and like six IPAs. <laughs> well, um, so speaking of IPAs, mm-hmm. um, should we continue this game? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, next one. I forget what number. Which number this is? Yum yum orange. Yum! Exclamation point! Yum! Exclamation point! Orange. Yeah, I feel like you want me to say beer because it sounds like it's a flavor, uh, and so I'll say beer. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it is a my instincts. Yum Yum Orange is a six-member Japanese ska band formed in mm. 1999. It sounds started smart. out as seven band, um, seven-member band with a different vocalist and a saxophone player. Over the years. They changed the vocalist, dropped the sax player. Their album, Orange Funky Radio, 
peaked at number 25 um, on some chart that I've never heard of. <laughs> it, it does sound vaguely familiar. I, they sound fun. I'd like to check them out. Yeah. Uh, as people have, if they've watched the ska in the 90s documentary, there was a section of the of the doc that talked about the popularity of ska in um like south america and in japan and like around the world that like it never stopped being popular so um you gotta do an episode about that at some point uh i'm saying bro i'm saying it's it is a solid doc we'll do it okay next miami madness hmm hmm you know, there's a, a band. Madness called- is a band. Madness is a band. <laughs> so I'm confused in that regard. Know. I'm yeah. going beer. Beer. You're going beer. Yeah. Miami right. Madness is a beer. Jay Wakefield Brewing in Florida. A Berliner Weiss. Five and a half percent. Mango, guava, passion fruit notes. Mm. Deal's gone bad. Ooh. Uh, band. Deals Gone yeah. Bad is a band. It's uh, from Chicago. Yeah. Mix reggae, rock steady, ska with American soul. Hey. Together since 1994. I don't know if I actually know them, but I've heard that name. Sounds pretty good. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, that's my thoughts. And that is the game. So how many... <laughs> How many did you get? You got. I couldn't tell you. You got one, two, mm, three, mm, four, mm, five, mm. six. So you got a. What did I do? Six, six out of nine. You only got um. You only got three wrong, I think. Hey. Good job. I'll take that. Yeah. C's get degrees. <laughs> I, I think it's actually like a D, but whatever. <laughs> Sixty-nine, dude. Yeah, bro, that's the most important <laughs> score. <laughs> most important score when you score, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> you can barely hear your little sweet licks there. You couldn't hear it. It was kind of like faint in the background. <laughs> what, like one beetle came out and then it went quiet. It was too much for the mic to handle. Ah, that sucks. <laughs> Only one beetle. That's a, that's a fail. <laughs> beetle! Um, that was a great game. Nice work. Thank you. Thank you. If you have game suggestions for us, yeah, send them. Send them our way. Yeah, we um, will uh, tell you all the places you can tell us all the things at the end of the episode. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, John. Do we want to do? Do we want to do the five? Do we want to do the five or do we want to do top ten albums? What do you what do you think? Mm-hmm. Maybe we do the five. Well, maybe we do top ten albums, close out this half, and then start the second half with the five. Perfect. So let's do that. Cool. So um this was difficult. Yeah. 2019 had some good music. Good music, good movies, good year overall for culture. Awful year for the universe, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> other good things. Yes. Um, yeah, things things were trash in, in a lot of ways. Yep. But at least we had, uh, at least we had 
Miami Madness. We, we had Miami Madness. Wait, that was a beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that that got us through. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Deal's gone bad. Yeah, at least we had them. Yeah, Lord Wang Doodle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, so my ten are not necessarily in order. Okay. From like it, like favorite to least favorite, or okay. um, but I, I, I don't, I just don't know how how you did it. Um, I did do it. I think this is the same way we did it last year, where you did it that way. I was non-committal. <laughs> right. I did it in my anal retentive, um, obsessive way, where I ranked it. There's a ton of honorable mentions. I had to listen to like a bunch of albums all the way through to make sure they really made my list, that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> Cause that's how I am. Right. Um, but maybe we, what are we doing? Should we blow through each of ours or do we trade off? I think we trade off. All right, let's do it. And we trade off if like, you know, we trade off and if we have something we need to say, we don't need to give a dissertation. I've prepared many paragraphs about each bullet point, but that's fine. Okay. Well then you can. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Fuck. I have like six words. Okay. Um, so one of my albums of the year, everything is fine by much the same. Hey, I know those guys. Yeah. Um, that album rules. It is a formidable, uh, um, entry into their catalog. I I think it's extremely solid. Uh, really enjoyed our interview with Chris McGrath. He's an excellent guy, an amazing um, singer, songwriter. The band is just so, so tight. Yep. Um, and I was just super excited about every song on that record. For sure. I hope we have occasion to see them together at some point, maybe this I would, year. I would love that. Um, yeah, go back and listen to our uh, Chris McGrath episode. If you've not heard it, he's a great dude. Um, uh, you, my turn. Yeah, go for it. I mean, I compare these two records a lot, much the same, and Lizzo's Because I Love You. Um, <laughs> they're both just like wall-to-wall bangers, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> no, I think the Lizzo record has to be like my number one because there's probably no album I listen to more this year. And she's sure. just had like such an ascendant year where at the beginning of the year I was like, Oh yeah, she's this rapper from the twin cities and telling some people about her. And then by the end it's like, Oh, is she like the most famous, um, sort of hip hop slash R and B singer there is right now? Maybe. Um, but anyway, that's a great record. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's anybody who's had a more meteoric rise. Yeah. 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 Um, I, that album is probably in my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, well, there is another album that I put on there in, instead that I'll just, I'll just go there. The, so it was between um, the Lizzo record and the Brittany Howard, Jamie record. Mm. Stay tuned for my number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jamie is, is, is on my is on my list so okay cool why don't you why don't you go ahead and share your your thoughts and feelings about it um it rules i mean i knew this would make both of our lists but um so this is britney howard the lead singer of the alabama shakes this is her first solo record and uh i love the shakes but this is so eclectic there's so many different kinds of styles Mm -hmm. um she's just like such a great uh performer and great 
voice, but also such a great songwriter. Um, yeah, I, I love this record. Yep. Yeah. Um, my next one, the band Oso Oso, their oh, album yeah. Basking in the Glow. Um, I don't know. I mean, there are some albums. The, the albums that I have on here, I've listened to a lot, but mm-hmm. I think the, this Oso Oso record, uh, I've listened to more than almost more than anything else this year when I first when I first started listening to it. Cool. This dude um, from Long Beach, New York, um, and he was in a in a band called State Lines, and so in this this is like I think he had another album before this is as Oso Oso, but it's this one just sounds so great and it's 2019 emo man and mm. it it works and i first heard this on the current amazing cool. amazing radio station in the twin cities mm-hmm. and i was like am i discovering new music on the radio i think <laughs> yeah, right. i am uh, and i Minnesota. i know and this record i mean it's it's not your typical, it's not your typical, like, if you think of, like, um, think of somebody like, um, um, like, other Chicago emo, like, Owen, or, like, American football, like, Midwest kind of emo, mm-hmm. it kind of has that vibe to me, because uh, when you think of, like, East Coast emo, you think of kind of, like, taking back Sunday or brand new or something like that. Uh, This, this to me feels a little bit more, a little bit more Midwest, but um, amazing record. Yeah. I don't know them super well. I need to do a deeper dive. Um, And number three is Charlie bliss, their album young enough. I think I've talked to you a little bit about these guys. Um, I just saw that you went and saw them in concert. Yeah. They played Chicago a couple of times this year, but they played like, on the 30th or something of December. And I was like, I need to close out the year seeing them. And it was a really great show. It kind of hits this uh, like nineties rock sweet spot hard for me. Um, Great guitar hooks. And she's got, it's a female lead singer. She's got this great kind of Kim deal breeders voice um, that I'm super into. So I like that record a lot. Boom. Um, um, MagPod fans who listened to us uh, from pretty early on when we talked about uh, separating artists in the art, yeah. uh, you know it's coming. Um, <laughs> LA Dying's album Shaped by Fire yeah. came out this year. Uh, Tim Lambesis, out of prison, reconciled with his band, reconciling with a lot of people. Um, Talk, an album that is very much about repentance and mm-hmm. doing better. And uh, I saw them perform in the Twin Cities this fall. Mm. And he, from stage, he acknowledged, he's like, you know, thanks for giving us another chance. Thank you for, mm. you know, and and also having like a a fundraiser not a fundraiser, but like um, proceeds of like um, 
something that they were selling was going to support an organization that um, fights like um, helps like people with anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts. It was just, right. he was like, he was advocate. He's like advocating for, um, for good things. And I think he's really earnestly trying to, um, in a biblical way, you know, the, the repenting is not just about saying you're sorry and asking for forgiveness, but changing your habits, making, making amends, doing better, doing, going and doing, um, doing, um, making some better choices. And, and, you know, I, I have, you know, we have this, I feel like, with cancel culture, it's so easy to just move on after somebody's like, Oh no, they fucked yeah. up. They're dead. They're dead to me. Right. But isn't, isn't the goal for people to be like, Oh shit. Like I, I want to be better. I want to do the right thing. I mean, he's out of prison. He could very easily just like not give a shit and, yeah. and not, and, but, and there I've, I've seen so many as I lay dying fans be like, I don't care what he did. It was mu- the music rules. Right. But like, and so it's not like he would necessarily lose. I mean, he'd probably lose some fans, but like there'd still be a core of people who don't give a shit. Yeah. So he's do, I feel like this is the best case scenario that he's making music and he's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I remember you wrestling on the pod. Yeah. With like how you would respond uh if they made new music and if you liked it, like yeah. how you would sort of process that. Um Yeah. So. It was hard. When I first saw that they were getting back together, I was like, my body was not okay. It was yeah. like, I had a hard time with it. Yeah. But watching the progression, Tim's progression and watch following him on social media and seeing the things he's talking about and doing and working with the formerly incarcerated and trying mm-hmm. to help secure housing for the formerly incarcerated. I'm like, yeah. I feel like he's, even though he might not be a Christian anymore, I feel like this is a Christian. These are like Christian acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. You said you weren't going to have a dissertation, but that was, that's pretty substantial. Well, well, this is, there's, <laughs> there are a few bands that I can yeah, yeah, yeah. pontificate on. Like, like, indeed, like as I lay dying. Right. Um, if there's like an, as I pod dying out there, you should, you should go on the show <laughs> as I like potting. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that's better. Um, okay. Uh, four, I had Jamila Woods legacy legacy. Mm. Um, she is like, most people probably know her, you know, she's a Chicago yeah. uh, kind of R and B singer songwriter. And she's mainly known to people. I think is she does a lot of, um, backup vocals in chants. Uh, songs she's the like i'm gonna praise him um but i would definitely recommend this album to folks who don't know her it's very like weirdo synthy r&b um and each song is named after a different kind of icon of art or um like activism um super cool album i like a lot um i've i haven't um I haven't listened to that record, but I've been feeling feeling like I should. <laughs> it's good. You should check it out. Um, next for me, Masked Intruder. 
Yeah. Three. Uh, Mass Intruder, a goofy band of uh, guys with currently they were touring with a woman um, with a purple mask, but they wear different colors, ski masks and write pop punk songs kind of mixed with fifties doo-wop with like just unbelievably catchy hooks with, and they're all writing about, you know, committing crimes and breaking and entering and and that sort of thing. (laughs) Uh, We've talked about them a decent amount on the pod. Yeah. This album rules. Love it. Saw them at the second street entry. Seventh street, bro. Seventh. I I was, yeah, I was (laughs) thinking seventh street entry slash, First Avenue, like yeah, that. yeah, Seventh Street. Uh, into it, loved cool. it. Cool, like it. Uh, I also like that album. Uh, next up, I have Sharon Van Etten. Her album "Remind Me Tomorrow." Do you know her? I do not. She is dope. This is like I think her fifth album, um, and she's been releasing stuff for like ten years, probably. But again, I think it's just how like super eclectic this mix of songs is. Uh, there's so many different kinds of styles, um, more like weird synthy goodness that I'm into. Um, so I really like this this album, Sharon Van Etten. Boom. Um, my next one, Big Thief, Two hey. Hands. Uh, I, I another band I heard for the first time on The Current. Yeah, they're great. And they released two records this year, but Two Hands is my favorite of the two. Adrian Linker, lead singer, very interesting story. Uh, she's such an interesting interview too. Like she's very intentional mm-hmm. about all the all the questions. She'll sit and she'll think about it, and so. Uh, everybody should listen to Big Thief and their either of their records, Two Hands or UFOF. Yeah, it's a good pick. Um, next up, I have Vampire Weekend's record, Father of the Bride. Um, it's not my favorite of theirs, but it really worked for me eventually. It's kind of like The Last Jedi of um, their albums for me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just where, like, at first I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, hey, I really like this. Um, it's the first album they've done without their uh, like keyboard player, who's kind of their main songwriter, and it took them a long time to put out, and I kind of wondered if it would be any good, and at first I was like, I don't know, but um, I really dig it. Ultimately, it's different from their other stuff. Tight. Um, <laughs> pup, morbid hey, stuff. <laughs> that is also my number seven. Yes. This album <laughs> rules. Oh, it's, so good. it's very, very, very good. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, pop punk Canadian band um, has, I don't know, like, I don't know if, what would you call like, has some hardcore punk elements to it. Um, For sure. A little noisy. Got those sort of nineties Weezery riffs too. Yeah. Um, dark. It's pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I, um, you've been talking about them for a while and I know a lot of people have, and I've heard them here and there, but it was, it wasn't really until this album that I fully sat down and listened to the whole thing. And I, I love it. I'm a late comer, but it rules. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
My next one is Railer by Lagwagon. Mm. Their first record in five years. Yeah. And, you know, just skate punk, Lagwagon, they're, they're legends. It fucking rips. It, they tear it up. I forget. Did you see them this year? I did not. I think they, I can't remember if they, I think they toured some and they're touring more next year, if I remember right. Oh, I'd love to see them. Yeah, that would be fun. I can't remember if I've ever seen them or not, but anyway, good call. Um, I have another pick and it is Kim Gordon's album, No Home Record. I don't know if it's, I think it's No Home Record, but in my head, I always say like No Home Record. Anyway, um, she's the bassist and uh, backup vocalist from Sonic Youth. Uh, Sonic Youth split up, uh, not amicably, um, in a divorce yeah. between her and Thurston Moore a long time ago. I mean, like, I don't know, not that long, but definitely years ago now. And this is her first uh, solo record. And she's definitely securing her identity post Sonic Youth as like, she's still super out there. I think she's like in her late 60s, but this album is nuts. Like it's that kind of noisy Sonic Youth stuff that you love. But again, it's like very eclectic, lots of different kinds of styles and she's just still shredding and kicking ass. Um, and I hope she uh, keeps doing that and more people listen to her than Thurston Moore stuff. <laughs> yeah. I co-signed that. Cool. Um, Cattle Decapitation. Oh, I don't know that. The death metal band uh-huh. their album death atlas uh it's uh heavy as fuck it, they're like death grind uh wikipedia says extreme metal okay all right i don't know what that means can you tell me <laughs> well it's just it's i would say it's more like death metal with grind it's just okay. like just super fast uh-huh okay. um like really technical stuff, uh, technical drums, technical riffs. Um, but they, this album, like if you look at the Death Atlas album cover, it's the Grim Reaper skeleton holding a smoking earth on its back with an hourglass that's empty, which, <laughs> which is like. Sounds about right. Yeah, but I mean, so much of this album is about the state of the world and climate change. And mm-hmm. you look at the, some of the song titles, The Geocide, sure. um, Absolute Destitute, The Great <laughs> Dying. Um, you know, this is Time's Cruel Curtain. <laughs> These are, th- this, in the past, they've written also a lot about um, animal cruelty vegetarianism the the you know meat industrial you know factory farming com you know they're just like uh so a lot of it has been like focused on like animal rights too but mm-hmm. so they, they these guys are striking hitting checking a lot of boxes for me yeah cool check them out um next up i have uh bon Iver's record i i sure sure uh, yeah yeah what do you think about that album um, I'm, I can be, I can be kind of mixed on Bon Iver. I don't yeah. know. I think that's how most people feel these days. <laughs> I've always liked him. I was one of those people who felt 
like I only really got into him when he got like super weird and spacey with yeah. his last two records. He's kind of weird. Um, and a lot of people who were into the quieter acoustic stuff were like, I can't follow him on this journey, but I I'm so into it. And um, <laughs> this is another one that's just like continuing in that uh, super spacey vibe. I just think he does so many interesting things as a, a songwriter and a singer. So I like that album a lot. Right on. Um, my last one, Bad Religion, Age of Unreason. Oh, yeah. Wow. forgot that came out this year. Yeah. So um, always, always happy about our dudes and Greg Graff and putting out anything. Yeah, for so sure. It's, it's, yeah, their first album in a long time as well. Yeah. Uh, Since the Christmas album. <laughs> which I think was 2013. It sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. At the latest, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had some <laughs> long ongoing joke about bad religion. Now I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> oh, I think that that Stefan Edgerton was in bad religion. <laughs> right, right, not Descendants. <laughs> yeah, okay. not Descendants. Yeah. Um, we confused so my... him once with Brian <laughs> Baker, and then we just never stopped. <laughs> um, yes, good bit. Uh, <laughs> hilarious <laughs> for my last slot i did this last year too but i had to put in a weird um score um i chose the hereditary soundtrack last year this year i put in watchman uh trent Reznor and atticus ross's uh watchman score have you heard any of this uh no i Dude. haven't i haven't watched the, the watchman you can watch the watchman it's only nine episodes it's like incredible it's like action-packed and super interesting visually and story-wise but it's also about race and politics and american history and just so much um and the score rules like it's i am a big nine Nails fan from back in the day i think um their scoring in general has been really interesting and i think this is um among the best of it so there's three volumes but i'm kind of considering it uh, a piece so anyway watchman soundtrack boom um throughout those menchies those menchies <laughs> those honorable um, mentions those honor- honorable menchies uh as i said lizzo yep. um the fk twigs record yep yep she's in mine um i think did i'm trying to think if i think strung out had a record come out last year hmm. um that what was the name of the record if they were if that if that's the uh, uh yeah songs of armor and devotion yeah yeah that would probably be on my that'd cool. probably be on my honorable menchies as well okay um i have like 20 so i'll okay. just blow through real okay. quick yeah i don't i don't have i didn't i didn't go ham on my honorable mentions okay. i went pretty pretty ham so get ready for the ham sandwich right. i i mean i would include much the same as well friends of the pod uh the jenny lewis album uh the graveyard club album i've talked about them on the show before uh wise blood um she maybe put out like my favorite song of the year uh angel olsen also really good songs on that record nick cave's new album is like whew, well knock you out uh billy eilish where do you stand on her do you know billy eilish i've i've listened to approximately zero billy <laughs> eilish songs 
That's kind of how I felt up until a certain point where I was like, "Oh, it, I'm not coming at this from any judgment." I no, no, no. I, I just mean like I feel old. Who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like 17 or something. And yeah, like, yeah. And she's like crushing it. It makes me it, feel super <laughs> inadequate. Totally. I I was like, "Who is this Billie Eilish?" And I listened to the album. And I'm like, "This is really good." I mean, she's like some sort of savant or something to come up with because it's she does all her own stuff, and then her brother, who's like two years older, produces it all. So it's just them doing everything. Um, and I was like, I really like this album. I think I'll maybe go see her on tour. And I looked it up and it's like two sold out United center shows. And I was like, Oh, right. I'm like out of the culture. <laughs> like <laughs> the kids knew about this and bought up the tickets and, uh, yeah. yeah, I won't be like catching her at the Aragon or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's not going to come to the Metro. No, I don't think so. Um, the high women, the, uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Alt country super group. Yeah. Uh, Slater Kinney, one of my favorite bands, not one of my favorite albums of theirs, but I still like it. Um, national always solid. Sure. Uh, Solange, another good album. And yeah, FK twigs. I'm sure there's tons of others, but those are the big ones. So yeah. Hooray. Hooray for music of 2019. Here's yeah. hoping that 2020 has some good records. Five iron frenzy be among hey. them. Hey, that would be awesome. Uh, hey, so why don't we take a break? Let's when do we it. come back, we'll we'll do the five, and then we will get into the second album of 1997 from Five Iron Frenzy. How about that shit? I, I like that shit. All right. <laughs> All right, we're back. Yeah. And we're going to be talking our newest album ever. But before we get to that, John, I'm going to crack open another perfectly serviceable (laughs) beer. (laughs) One of those PSBs? (laughs) Dude, yeah, man. Those magnified pod PSBs. It's like an IPA, but a little more average. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Or an ESB, I guess. That's it's an e- yeah, it's <laughs> it's not an ESB. It's a PSB. <laughs> yep. Did you say you wanted an ESB? No, I want a PSB, bro. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Pretty serviceable beer. Pretty serviceable beer. This fucking beer, guys. Hey. Um. So can I? Uh, can I? I need to tell you. This will be our second, my second Eric Nordenson reference this episode. <laughs> get him on the pod. Um, get him on the pod. Uh, he is, you know what? We should, we should have Beard on the pod to talk about uh, the pants rock opera, or at least because he's like, he's, he is legitimately excited about cool. that, that, that portion of that, of that EP. <laughs> cool. But anyway, so um, our friend Eric Nordenson that we went, that we went to college with, mm-hmm. uh, great dude very kind guy really really good friend um Mm -hmm. he is one of my like if you want somebody who will yes and you in any joke (laughs) Uh just go in on a joke with you (laughs) he's your guy so this past (laughs) this past week when i was at his place we started doing this you know how about like my new jersey accent is kind of like my (laughs) just this guy, you know, hey, what's going on with you? You know, that's like that's like uh-huh. my my stupid. And so we started doing, we started ending every phrase with over here. 
<laughs> you know, so if you're like, hey, just have a perfectly serviceable beer over here. Yeah. Just, just uh, try, uh, try to, to watch this episode of The Mandalorian over, over here. here. Yeah, just recording a new episode of the podcast over here. <laughs> hey. it's, it's like, what you? What are you doing over there, over here? <laughs> just, oh, and we, my God. And so every one of our jokes, we just, <laughs> much like on this podcast, I drive it, it drive yeah, it into yeah, yeah. the ground. Right. But it's but it's always it's always funny, <laughs> always funny to us. Uh, I support which, that very much. Which is why <laughs> the intro is like we love this podcast because it's, <laughs> it's about, about us. us. Yep, accurate. <laughs> is it is it funny to us? It's <laughs> staying in. <laughs> it gets five stars from us. Five stars. Uh, would subscribe, <laughs> like and subscribe. Smash <laughs> that subscribe button. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, John. Yes. Hello. Let's get in. Let's get into our fives. Yep, we're doing the five. Drop it. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm. <laughs> um. Okay. So last time we did sort of a mashup of maybe late '96, '97 combo because of the album coming out uh independently in late 96 and then being full released in 90 early 97 right but now this time full on all 97 (laughs) so to remind Mm -hmm. you the five is five things that happened in the year of the release of the album that had some sort of personal significance to us doesn't need to necessarily be about music and can be about whatever we want so, John, what is your number one for five? All right. Um, as usual, I feel like these are all uh, just personal and not anything <laughs> about like what the world. But anyway, I started high school that year. Yeah. It was the toughest year of my adolescence. Uh, woof. <laughs> I, uh, I really needed those five iron lyrics about, you know, your true identity and uh, fitting in and stuff at this time in my life. I was, you know, had those goth leanings at this point. Um, you still, you still had that, uh, that stripey hair. James from, Eha uh, hair. James Eha hair. I was kind of moving into. It was definitely long still, and like kind of purpley. I want to say at this point. I, oh man, um, John. A lot of, a lot of black pants. Um, you know, Jinko era. Were you, uh, were you rocking them Jinkos? I think I had like one pair of like straight up Jinkos, but all of them were certainly in the Jinko extended universe. <laughs> like all of them were could cover my feet entirely. Yeah, um, and they were and up like up to your calves. Anytime it was raining, it was yeah. like soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> it was really a great time for me. Giant flannels, giant pants, uh, living Jamesy large. Higher. Yeah, yeah, chain wallet chain. Dude, um, we all had the wallet chain. There's no shame in that for sure. So that you know, it was it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest year for old Johnny, but that's okay. Things things improved as the late nineties continued. Things turned around. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Weird Al debuted his uh, TV show, The Weird Al Show. Oh man, September thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven, and ended way too soon <laughs> yeah. on December sixth after only thirteen episodes. That's tough. Um, is anybody who's ever <laughs> listened to this podcast knows? Uh, I stan Weird Al in a very serious way. And I literally just learned today, Andy Verdecchio, drummer Uh for Five Iron Frenzy, 
for the show. Also, friend of the show. We interviewed him. Uh, he loves Weird Al a lot too. Nice. And that makes me love Andy even more. Yeah. And I wish it came up in our interview. If I had known he was a big Weird Al fan, he said that it, it, he posted something on, on Facebook maybe yesterday about how he never missed an episode of the Dr. Demento show. And I'm Ooh. like, and so I was like, if you love Dr. Demento and you had to have loved Weird Al and he was like, for sure. So cool. Yep. That's so, a good, good call. Good pull. That Weird Al, uh, uh, oh man, I, 13 episodes on DVD uh, came out on Shout Factory some years ago. So if mm-hmm. you if you love that sort of uh, Saturday, mor- Saturday morning uh, cartoon, like subversive, like let's try and teach you a lesson, but everything is super bizarre and silly. Right. Yeah. That's a, get into it. So good. Um, okay. 97 had so many good albums. I'm pretty sure I talked about all of them on <laughs> whatever 97 MXPX episode we did. Sure. Um, but just in that year, and this, this is not like the best albums, but for me, the ones that meant a lot to me, you had OK Computer from Radiohead. Sure. Slater Kinney's Dig Me Out, um, Portishead, self-titled album. Blink's Dude Ranch. Yeah. Uh, so Long and Thanks for All the Shoes from yeah, NoFX. No uh, Bjork's Homogenic. Uh, Yola Tango's I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One. Modest Mouse, Lonesome Crowded West. Those were like in very regular rotation on my disc band. So um, a, a good time for, for me <laughs> musically. Well, piggybacking off of that, um, as somebody who had very recently discovered christian ska and christian music mm-hmm. uh 1997 was also a banner a, year <laughs> a banner year uh it was banner year 1997 yep. uh the first slick shoes ep came out as okay. well as rusty yep uh the album jalapeno by value pack the cooties let's play house uh, maybe that's what it was uh, Banana Man by Cody oh, Hook featuring our boy, f- our boy Combat Chuck. That's right. How could I have left that off my list? I don't know. Uh, Robot Rock by Joy Electric. Sure. And the debut Blindside record also, um, I think that was really late 1997. But these were um, really big records for me. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, especially I re-listened to Jalapeno the other day by Value Pack. It really, it really holds up. If you love like, you know, early, early rancid stuff, early mm-hmm. Green Day, that, that album rules. Yeah, I should, I should go listen again. Um, this all leads very nicely into my number three, which is that I found the January 1997 cover of CCM magazine. <laughs> Gosh. Are you ready for what the cover story was? I'm, is it uh is it uh something with DC Talk? Uh no. Uh fortunately, it is the Christian Ska Revolution is in full swing. Oh, yes. <laughs> um and they oh. followed in that cover story uh three bands or wait, let's see here. Four bands. Uh Five Iron. Boom. Insiders. Boom. Supertones. Sure. 
and Squad Five O? Question yes. mark. I mean, would you count well, them as a ska revolution participant? Uh, the the first, first record, maybe the first yeah. couple, the first two records, I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. are are ska in the way that like um maybe like op ivy was sure ska. Yeah, yeah okay that's fair yeah i guess it gets you into the territory of like do you need horns to be ska which i don't think the answer is yes so right. that's fair enough anyway it just like crystallized that like 1997 truly the year of christian ska <laughs> yeah yep um 1997 harry potter dude <laughs> <and> sorcerer stone <laughs> that's my next one as well <laughs> yeah um with the ca- the caveat that i unfortunately didn't start reading harry potter in two th- until 2003 okay um when the f- fifth book came out so i was blowing it for those first 6 years wow um, were you watching the movies or no no wow it was it was i when i was studying abroad in sweden uh that fall semester and i was hearing i was working at a summer camp and all these kids were like losing their minds over the fifth book, all like sitting in their bunks reading this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should read these books. So I took the first two to Sweden with me and absolutely devoured them. Yeah. And it became an obsession. Yeah. So from that point on. Yeah, I kind of have a caveat too that I didn't read it in 97. I read it, I read the first one before the first movie came out. So, and I think that was in like 2001. So sometime in those late 90s, I started actually reading the books. And then pretty much by the time of like, I don't know, the second movie, I was on track for having read all the books before the movies came out. But um, yeah, that uh, has been big in both of our lives. (laughs) Fact. Um, (laughs) I just realized that my next two are um, kind of bummers. Okay. So, well, I have a positive one to end on. So. Okay. Well, okay. You do that. Then I will, um, I'll start with the, I'll start with the, uh, the biggest bummer. So I'll end on the lesser of the bummers. Okay. How about that? Sounds good. Um, and this was a big deal for me. Chris Farley died in oh, yeah. De- December 18th, 1997. And do you know how old he was? Oof, like younger than us for sure. He was 33. That's wild. And I'm going to be 36, um, I think, uh, from the day we're recording this. We're a month from today, uh, the day we're recording this. Right. And I don't think I realized, like, how young he truly is as I'm, like, reflecting on, like, that is so, that is so, so young. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and, and I was looking at his IMDb and he only really worked professionally for eight years. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So or like seven or eight years because he started doing something with um, like in the year 1990, I think he maybe in, and then so by 97, he, he had died. And then like he had a movie come out posthumously so right. like maybe seven years yeah pretty wild and and just think of like the impact he's had on he had at that time and on and on culture and how his memory remains um you know 
over 20 years later it's just it's it's totally unbelievable yeah and then i feel like it was only like a few months after that that phil hartman died oh i was like what yeah. a weird year yeah anyway yeah under also extremely tragic yeah different totally. but tragic yes um oh you're correct that is a bummer um but i'm glad you <laughs> mentioned it uh, it was is, it was significant for me i yeah, yeah i was 100 oh, percent. yeah I, I was obsessed with tommy boy and uh, yes cosine <laughs> so i was just like that was my favorite movie of the time i watched it i mean i've literally i have to have seen that movie do, literally dozens and dozens of times fact um okay uh, well, mine is less important to the culture at large, but I just wanted to mention that that summer of 97, I saw Get This Lineup Together, No Doubt, mm. Weezer, mm. and Face to Face. <laughs> Where does Face to Face come into this? Uh, those uh, hot, young, uh, pop-punk newcomers, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're all sort of pop-punk adjacent, but as as a punk at that stage, it was like face-to-face was very exciting to yeah. uh, have part of that lineup well face-to-face um, rules correct and uh yeah it was a great show it was like no doubt was kind of like right on the edge of being like can we still like them like are they too big now um but i think that lineup sold it and uh yeah i still like all those bands at least of the albums that they put out up until 1997. <laughs> so. uh, are we, are we talking, are we talking Weezer here or? I, yeah. I mean, face to face, I like all their records, but like, yeah. Uh, yeah. The first two, I don't know about their post 97 legacy as much. Yeah. This is a, uh, this is that, that SNL sketch coming to life, right? You know, <laughs> I, I <laughs> Ar- felt that argue, very deeply arguing over the Weezer discography. Yeah. Um, I was right. team uh, Matt Damon in that one, I think. <laughs> um, um, okay, so it, this would have been my eighth grade year. And this would be the year I would have my first girlfriend. Hey. Um, so we started dating because... We were in a we were in a play together, and when you do theater, as as you know, <laughs> you spend a lot of one on one time and significant time with a group of people, and, you, and so oftentimes you also have a lot of downtime if you're not in if you're mm-hmm. not in every scene, you know you're and you're not rehearsing a scene, you're like off stage and like doing homework or doing something else. And so I was spending a lot of time with this girl, Katie, Mm -hmm. and I believe she goes by Kate. Now we're friends on Facebook. (laughs) Has Uh, she come up on the pod before? (laughs) Maybe. Okay. Did I I talk about how, um, how I broke up with her like a dick? well maybe let's let's keep going okay i don't know i feel like an asshole i broke up with (laughs) like an asshole like she was very sweet but um it just seemed it's like we it was just not a personality match and and i literally gave her the it's not you it's me 
Uh, um, did she say, don't give me the eye? It's not you. It's me. I invented it. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> yeah. I was dating George Costanza. That's so weird. I thought so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I broke up with her during gym class. And <laughs> oh, man. That's... We were playing volleyball. And I was just like, yeah, it's not you. It's, uh, it's me. And then I was like, I skipped away because I'm like, yeah, this is over. Like, uh, over there. This relationship this, is over over there. It's, it's, it's like, hey, it's over. It's over over there. It's over over here. Over here. Peace. <laughs> Andrew out. Uh, Andrew out. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, too much of a hot commodity to be uh, locked down in one relationship. Was, uh, was the Lord the Lord of her? It wasn't a faith <laughs> issue? It was not a faith issue. It was okay. a... Um, it was a personality thing. I just think uh, that we weren't, we weren't, we weren't, it was, I was also 13. What do I know? Yeah. Well, I have shared on the pod about how when I was 13 <laughs> and a complete idiot, I, um, following the Billy Graham crusade yeah. featuring DC talk that I attended, broke up with my Jewish girlfriend, uh, cause the Lord wasn't the Lord of her, bro. You know? Yeah. And friends are friends um, forever. Only when the Lord's the Lord of both of us. Uh, yeah. We were stupid um correct no no but but uh katie was uh very sweet and very and i was just a a dumb boy so yeah get her on the pod <laughs> no <laughs> definitely, definitely <laughs> let's let's get our ex our ex like middle school high school girlfriends on the pod Ex-girlfriend pod is a great idea. That's a, an awful idea. <laughs> Hit us up, Kate, uh, Juliet, uh, <laughs> definitely, Amy. Definitely. Oh, shit. John, oh, I definitely have some short-term girlfriends, for, like a, a short-term girlfriend from high school that I was just like, also. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, young Andrew was an, oh, was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Just a lot of, a lot of pre-ex-girlfriends out there. You know, you didn't, yep. you didn't have time to, to stay locked down. No, I didn't. Um, uh, all right. Solid five. Solid five. Solid five. Solid five. Yeah, we <laughs> cranked those out. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, you want to – should we uh, – I think we should do this. Yeah? Should we do this? <coughs> um, I was born ready. You're born ready? Okay. Well, let's, let's um, get into our newest album ever with the opening track handbook for the sellout Make it 
my number one. Okay, it's my number two. Um, but it's a five iron Alzheimer. Yes. Sorry, I got a little too excited miming those trumpets, and I <laughs> knocked my mic across the table. Just doing a little readjustment here. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a great song. Um, I so we should give a little uh, context about the album overall. Sure. Uh, produced by Masaki Lu, like Upbeats and Beatdowns, um, released November 11th, 97 on Five Minute Walk Records. Um, this one made it to number 176 on the Billboard 200. Pretty good. That's, uh, that's a big deal. Number nine on Billboard's top Christian albums. Also pretty good. Um, and yeah, I said this last time, but this is my favorite Five Iron album. Um, there are no bad songs on it. That's my take. Um, there's not even really any songs that I'm like meh on. Um, so I'll be curious to hear what you think. But it's such a theologically and politically weighty album. Um, the songs are so good. I'm just, yeah, I'm very into this record. So anyway. Yep. And um, the last record that uh scott would do with them until they until the band reunited in 2011 unless you're counting quantities job one which is not an lp but you know very okay okay but well i'm okay okay that's 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 fair um but scott is i think we can probably agree the years the post the post scott years yeah um there's a reason these albums rule and i think it's i think scott and dennis are pivotal to a lot of the songwriting but scott is it would seem he was um one of the strongest musical songwriters that in the band yeah i mentioned this last time but i when he left um was when i fell off a little bit <laughs> um i followed them all the way through but it's really these first two lps and quantity's job one that i like just absolutely love and nothing ever quite got back to that level for me but i'm excited to go through them again and maybe there'll be you know some new revelations but yeah he seemed pretty fundamental to the five iron sound that i i loved the most so um but yeah, I so this song "Handbook for the Sellout" is you know like a I don't know what do you think in the like handful of sort of like most important five iron songs if you want to call them that. Absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. They uh, open I would say most every of, show with it. I would even say it's one of the, like the quintessential. Um, you know, you put it you put it up there with something like. Um, Blue Comb, Dandelions, yeah. Every New Day, um, you know, um, you know, just like it's it's a. I mean, this record rules, but this song especially is. Um, if I there's no way they can't play not play this at a, at a show. It's it's a for sure. It's an absolute classic. Yeah, it's a uh, you know similar thematically to cool enough for you in terms of kind of like the but drawing more, divisions but like effective in a way that but the the line is 
you know, what's the point in playing what they want if you won't let them succeed? Yeah, yeah. It's like the most important thing about a band is what it means for you, not what it means for the band. Sure. Yeah. And in, in this, in, in you, especially of all people know, this is just a, this is a gentle bus tossing, you know, about like, (laughs) about selling out and what it meant to sell out. And yes. And, and that was, that was something that was important to a young Johnny. Yeah. And I think exactly why they needed to write a song like this to be like, guess what? Like you purity gatekeepers of scenes, the worst, the worst gatekeepers are the worst. Yeah. You, you know, drawing divisions within the same community. Like, right. That's not what this is about. Um, Whereas, whereas cool enough for you was about like, you know, are they punk? Are they ska? What are they? Can these two scenes come together? This one is like, we love this band, but as soon as they start being profitable from what the thing we like them to do, we don't like them anymore. It's just like, it's a, it's a losing, it's a losing proposition for, for everybody. It's like, Oh, we like the band. We don't want them to do well, but for them to do well and keep making music, like people need to buy their records, but we don't want that to happen. It's just, it's an, it's an absurd, uh, silly, um, it makes me think of that, that Pat Oswalt bit about as he talks about, as he, he's grown older. He's like, I don't dislike any music anymore. Yeah. Like, There's music I don't listen to, right. but like he talks about like, well, 25 year old Patton, he, he disliked music and he needed to fucking tell you, <laughs> right, right. Tell you yeah. about that music. Totally. Um, and I don't remember if I talked about that on the previous episode, but I don't think I, so. It, it's just a, it's a, it is a solid, solid bit. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think this is, that message is like challenging for a young John who's like cares about punk and, and all their songs on this album for the most part are challenging in different ways. Like um, I just appreciate that they were, um, you know, even if it's something as sort of like, you know, ostensibly silly as like the merits of selling out or not, it still is wrestling with some interesting ideas about like, what does it mean to succeed for artists that you cared about within a small community? And um, it gets into that stuff very thoughtfully. Um, Also musically it is rad. Um, (laughs) The, the bridge is great. You know, with that, pick slide into coming back in with the drums and guitar. Um, always, always down for a pick slide here on Magpie. Uh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, it's the best. Drums, too. Shout out Andy. Shouts to Andy V. He's the guy. He is the, he is the guy. All right, so John, I had mentioned... Somewhere around the top of the show, mm-hmm. um, that there was a cover. Yes, the, these I, these guys, these kids have got to be like maybe thirteen. It definitely and looks like a church coffee house situation. It's, it's not even a church coffee house. This is one hundred percent. This is like the church. Like they are on the stage of the church, <laughs> like doing like practice. The pastor like gave them permission. To uh-huh. rehearse in yeah. the church, so Been they're there. like, 
So they're this band, uh, Applied Sciences. Sounds like <laughs> good a good name. Good name. Um, from seven, almost seven years ago. These guys, these kids. Wow, this are probably, is recent. <laughs> <laughs> these kids are probably in college now, is my guess. Okay. Get um, get, applied Sciences, if you're out there, uh, 81 views on this video. Hey. Their band rehearsal, handbook for the sellout. Let's let's give it a listen. And we are live. Shouts to our boys in applied sciences yeah. for doing their best. You know, um, it's and, better than I thought it might be. <laughs> well, it's you know they some of the chords were right. Um, <laughs> I give them points for their energy. I give them points. Yeah. So look it up. Look up. It's the video is called Band Rehearsal Handbook for the Sellout. Yeah, they're having um, a good time. They are. If this would one, and I'm no, I don't want to like shame them. No, no, much, no, no, no. But like 100. percent if I had a band, um, I would be, they were like, they're performing to a crowd of zero people and, oh, they, are go, and they are going ham. Let and me tell you, as, as the bass player and Tiger vocalist who played many a church show for zero people, <laughs> I empathize with this guy who tries to harmonize and hits it not quite there. Um, also, just yeah. like, I mean... Taking on this song without any horns. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to do some Reese vocals, which I guess that range. Tough. No. It they just like, doesn't work an octave lower, bro. No, it doesn't. No. It, do you remember? <laughs> Which, you know, again, I understand. I can't hit those notes either, but uh, yeah, they should have just made it a metal version. <laughs> Do you remember? Oh, it's all about. <laughs> um, the, where, are those, where are those blast beats, bro? <laughs> Shout out um, to Applied Sciences. I hope you made it in life. <laughs> and everybody's thriving. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I don't think you... You know this, but they went on to form Blink-182. Wow. That was weird because it was only seven years ago, but still. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. These are, this is a young Tom DeLonge. Well, 
keep on playing that acoustic guitar plugged into distortion for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um if it were Tom DeLong, it would be <laughs> Do you You're the down. one that made a different <laughs> Oh, that's so perfect. You know, shout out to all their songs are still the same. (laughs) That's that's an impression that will return. Uh, I can't believe it took us this long. Well, you've done it before, but I feel like that really jumped on the same bandwagon. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I don't even remember what I was going to say. My memory is wiped clean. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> no, that uh, shout out to that guy because like some of those um, UFO things were true. Did we talk about this already? <laughs> Have you guys heard about this? <laughs> you read the you read this in the news. You see this? He, um, what else? Yeah. yeah, what else is going on? What else is he's, going on in the news? Yeah, Tom DeLong. Tom he's DeLong. Been, he's you been see doing this? all this UFO stuff for years, and everybody's yeah. like, "What is this guy doing?" To and the then, stars, like, to the stars yes. Academy or something. And he's like, "I got some stuff going on with the government, and I can't talk about it." And you're just like, "Oh, that guy went fully crazy. That's sad." Um, which is, you know, whatever. That's not a word I should say, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but, like, he was right. Like, all these government agencies put out statements that were like, yeah, he has actual footage of uh, UFOs. We don't know what they are. We'll, we'll keep working with him on it. I'm like, oh, this is a real thing. So, shout out to that guy. He's, he's really unlocked some of our UFO information. <laughs> uh, I'm, at the same time, I'm reading um, some bummer tweets. Tom? What's that? From Tom? Not from Tom. Oh. About <laughs> to- UFOs? Definitely not about UFOs. Definitely about um the the collapse of our of our entire democracy in our world. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Everything's fine. Uh everything's destroyed and broken and, and burning and on fire. Uh literally, not yep. figuratively. Yep. yep. Uh shout out to any uh to some of our listeners down in Australia. I think yeah. we we have uh, at least one um, yeah. listener down in Australia. I hope um, hope you're safe um, because it looks like a literal nightmare. Yeah, there are places you can uh, give online, including uh, Together Rising, the organization, to help out with that. So do that if you are so inclined. Yep, 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 yep. Um, moving That's on. That's a good turn. Yep. <laughs> Hey, John, I have a question. (laughs) What's that? Where's Micah? Find him mine. 
fun one. It's a fun one. It's the the music is uh, hooky as hell and super fun. It's a um, silly one. It's very it's silly. silly. It's very silly. It is a curious second song. Yeah, that should be like much later, right? <laughs> I I do my my feeling is uh, if I were to um, rearrange these tracks talking sequencing bro talking sequencing bro hell yeah if i if i resequenced this these tracks micah would definitely be on the b side of this record yeah i agree with that um i don't know if they felt like musically it was just kind of like you know a punchy intro and kind of breaking things up or something um, but it's certainly one of the one of the lesser tracks for me. It's it's not even like I dislike it. I'm just no, like, no. It's just it's yeah. like you go from where is Micah to superpowers, right? Which are two like two of the, um, I would say on this record, the three silly songs. Yeah, are Micah superpowers no Canada, and they have two two of the silly songs next to each other. Yeah, I think Superpowers has a has a little more something to it than those other two, but but I hear you. Bacon bits and jalapenos <laughs> on my Polish hot dog. I opening mean, line. Those are moving opening words. <laughs> um, I, I the 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 bigger part of it, you know. Okay, okay. Here, why don't we just do this? <laughs> Should we listen to that song? <laughs> Superpowers. Oh yeah. Bacon bits and jalapenos on my Polish hot dog. So moved. Half a pound <laughs> of potato chips and a beef jerky log. Put my face to the window. Wrap a stick to my shirt. Stinky fan. A couple more couldn't hurt. Eat some food off the floor. Not develop the tasteful bread mold. Ride around in a van. Don't take a shower for six weeks. And we've been given superpowers. Ask us for an autograph. We sing, we dance, we'll make you laugh. Don't you want to? So the part that we didn't listen to was the, I sometimes feel like I'm holding Caulfield, sometimes Jack Kerouac. I wanted to be famous and I want to take it back. The bridge is really where it becomes more emotional. Yeah. And sometimes feel like holding Caulfield, sometimes Jack Kerouac at the time maybe the most two important books to me were catcher in the rye and on the road. (laughs) And like, (laughs) So this really spoke to me. Yeah, I was a super original um, adolescent white male in that way, uh, that those two books were like, <laughs> I'm the only one who gets this. Um, <laughs> but the fact that he mentioned those did speak to me. And I mean, just like, yeah, where the bridge continues, um, the fact that he's like, 
Um, I wanted to be famous and I want to take it back. Don't want to rock the mic. Don't want to meet the Pope. I just want to share with you how we got this peace and hope. Again, just kind of like wrestling with what are we in this for to begin with? What did I want out of it? And like, you know, it demystifies the romance of being a successful band, which seemed like the greatest thing ever to me at the time. (laughs) Um, And to kind of hear like some holes poked in that was kind of refreshing. Um, So I think that's kind of why it's like, elevated above the bacon bits um a little bit for me <laughs> right it's yeah i i i'm not saying i'm not saying it's it's uh why do you hate the song <laughs> fuck this song <laughs> no i it's it it does have some a little bit more emotional depth in 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 that that latter half but like it's it's still silly <laughs> it's still it's still silly and especially like when we get to the the proof that the youth are revolting, you know, yeah. and they and you we, they hear some hear some of the like ways that Reese kind of changed some of the lyrics in this song. Uh-huh. Everyone yeah. in the band can't stand me, you know, just because you know whatever he and then he changes the words. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but what is what is 1997 Christian ska famous? It's it's like <laughs> sure it. it I mean, famous, relatively speaking, in in the scene, but like, but yeah. yeah, it's a. I think this is their their album where they're wrestling with like uh, mild fame, where they're like, oh, so now people are telling us, right, right, how right. we need to write our music, telling us yeah. like we we have expectations for how we interact with our fans. Um, uh, you know, that that sort of like um, telling us what sort of God we believe in or should believe in or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I think it. this is almost like a lot of these songs are just like a response to like the fallout from like the the popularity from their first record and being on the road, it seems. Yeah, I think that's where I, you know, maybe not famous, but just famous in the sense of like they were touring a lot and on the road. And I do think about this image that he like on the road, like, <laughs> like a certain Jack Kerouac, <laughs> like a certain Jack. Hey, he, uh, he's, out hey, there he's on the road. over here. <laughs> hey, He's over there finding the dreamers. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't want to be stuck in a boring routine hey. life over there. Yeah, he's just like, wants to be like Golden <laughs> Caulfield over here. <laughs> Who's the catcher in this ride over here? Ah, oh, get out of here. Get out um, of here. Get out of here over here. <laughs> um, that's just ridiculous. So Welcome the, to Magnified Pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh get on in. It's 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 just fine in here. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> feels great. Um fully submerged. I yeah, I think like just the idea of like suggesting that touring kind of sucks and that like it's not that fun and the realization of being like all I wanted to be was a band that was successful enough to tour. And then once you're on tour, you're like, this is not really great. That has yeah. really stuck with me. Um, also, <laughs> he says, you know, don't want to meet the Pope. The Supertones opened for the Pope. Do you know about this? <laughs> um, so right, which, 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 which Pope are we talking? This would have been JP too. What? Um, Cause that was like, 
I mean, it was right around this time. I don't think this was a response to that because I think it came after that. But I do remember that, yeah, when the Pope came somewhere in the States, uh, they did some rally or whatever in Supertones play before. Anyway, so maybe it's a wink to that. Um, but yeah, just that that's like a certain level of... Uh, they uh, Were they throwing... Were they throwing some uh, some shade at? Uh, uh, well, it could be. At you know what? Before I before I make such suggestions, let me let me fire up the old Google machine here. Yeah, hit that hit that Googler, um, <laughs> and let, and while you're doing that, let me just say, like, in my very limited times in bands, I I was in a band that did a tour in uh, said. They said stinky van. <laughs> I I will say shitty van. It was yeah. a it was a nightmare of a van. Right. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but we this van that we we gave it a nickname. Uh-huh. We called it the murder van. <laughs> you, you may have mentioned this. I don't remember. Uh, it was a disaster of a, if, <laughs> of of a van. Yeah. Um, but we drove from Chicago to the east coast we played right. shows in pennsylvania new jersey and new york um we played new jersey over hey. there. <laughs> <laughs> um but it it was it was hard yeah and it was not fun yeah. and and it, uh, for somebody who is has anxiety i was like totally this is this is a lot this is yeah. a lot to do yeah this is such like well tried territory but when you start thinking about the fact that like what percentage of your time yeah you're fuck actually... me i guess right my my story's <laughs> bullshit who cares i didn't mean you <laughs> i meant i'm not saying anything new by sharing this but when you think about like the the amount of time that you're actually on stage playing your set versus <laughs> everything that surrounds that it's so tiny and you ostensibly enjoy those moments um right but so much of the rest is hard. Okay, my sources are telling me that the Supertones opened for the Pope in 1999. So this was not throwing shade at that. Okay. Um, but maybe it was like a thing that was happening that was like Scott Band's opening for the Pope, you know? It's, uh, well, or maybe, or maybe uh, Matt from the Supertones was like, hey, maybe we should open for the Pope over here. <laughs> Why do you five, think you were? <laughs> five, five Iron's like, I'm not going open for the Pope over here. Not the Pope over here. Get the fuck out of Get here. Get the you know, you know how you talk to the Pope. <laughs> JP2. JP2. Yeah, like the Supertones. Get, get the, the fuck out of here. JP2, huge Scott fan, by the way. <laughs> I think that was, wasn't that part of Vatican II? I think. Yeah, like, pick it up, pick it up. Also, we can yeah. talk in English now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This will say, yeah. His hands to 
to feel the void and fuels the constant feeling of nothingness inside his So my my cat just came in the room. So I'm fully anticipating that she jumps on me any any second. She but loves the song. She loves her soul sand, and so does John because it's his number one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have I told I you this before? Or did you just know it would be? No, I knew I knew it would totally be. Yeah, it's my shit. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it is my um, it escaped my number three. Okay. So okay. it 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 was between this and another song and it just barely missed out. Um, yeah. Not because, because I think it's some of the, the, some of the stronger lyrics on yeah. the, on this record, but I'll let you share since it's in, it's your number one. I'll let you share. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think a lot of it is musically um, why it resonates with me. But like I'm very into this, this vein of ska and somebody who knows more about ska can tell me what that is <laughs> but it's like you know that kind of like middle eastern sounding <laughs> sure uh, you know what i'm saying <laughs> talking about those uh those mighty sahara sands yeah yeah exactly it's kind of that um i don't know something about the the notes um in that order there's there are uh, a lot of ska songs in that tradition that sound that way and i really like that sound um and then the bridge is maybe the hardest five iron ever goes. <laughs> like, I don't know that there's a, a more, um, so this is the build up into it, obviously. But picture me in the pit getting ready for this. I mean, it's again, just the greatest thing ever. <laughs> again, shouts to our boy Andy Verdecchio for yeah. doing doing the hardcore vocals on that song. Uh, oh, is Andy, that not Reese there? No, that's Andy. Oh, that makes so much sense. Wow, good job, Andy. His estimation and, just grew even more for me. This is this is the this is the Andy the Andy app <laughs> appreciation the pod. Andy appreciation pod. I love that dude. Yeah, uh, he's. I mean, how much? Okay, let's 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 rewind to that <laughs> MXPX Five Iron show where they covered Op Ivy. Oh man, the, yeah, it makes so much and, sense. And Andy, Andy did the vocals. He's just, he's just, he's amazing. He's the best. I yeah, I somehow he's never the, knew that. He's the, and I've, he's the fucking best. Over yeah, here. he's the best over here. <laughs> he, I mean, I've seen that song played enough times. I I don't know if I just didn't observe that it was you know whatever. Um, but anyway, I, I love that. Um, and then, yeah, like thematically, like you're saying, I mean, as best as I can follow, I believe it's a pull from Ecclesiastes, um, 
this idea of pursuing, you know, kind of material things, um, right. only to realize that they're mirages. And so you're drinking sand. Um, you only have a fistful of sand. Yeah. So are we, are we saying, uh, are we talking about Ecclesiastes over here? <laughs> talking about, talking about one of the best books in the Bible over here? I mean, yeah, I would say I mean, that. Ecclesiastes is, 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 is a, it's tight. It's a banger. Uh, it's a banger. All the bangers. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, the idea of like the emptiness of pursuing material things yep. to fill a void of meaning is definitely a recurring theme in Ecclesiastes. Build a tomb to store your rust, moth-eaten piles of blowing dust. That's, uh, that, so is, that is so metal. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so metal. That's some, that's some cattle uh, decapitation, right? <laughs> what are they called again? Yeah, cattle decapitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. same, same vibe. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, that song is very important to me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very um, good. Yeah. I'm. It's it's top four. Cool. My number three. Okay, cool. It's it's a definite top three contender for me. Yeah, this is this is what I'm saying. It was between Fistful of Sand and Sucker Punch, and then after Fistful of Sand ended and Sucker Punch came on, it's just so infectious. It's great, and the the and the chorus is just so it's just so soaring. Yeah, totally. Um, but it's also some people might be curious as to like why <laughs> sure i'm uh, for me like you know it's like uh it's like a worship song basically it's, a, it's sort of a worship song it's like the um feeling lost feeling like a loser and feeling you know not worthwhile but yeah um finding um comfort that god loves you even when you're feeling kind of shitty yep uh, but it's the the song is just so infectious and it's also i i love this idea that reese is writing an anthem for 
people who feel weird. And, you know, if you, if you were a punk fan or a ska fan or an alternative kid back in the nineties, you weren't especially cool. No, that was, that was not a cool time to be alternative. Now, nowadays it's so mainstream, but, uh, this is the time of like Hollister and Abercrombie and Fitch (laughs) and, and be like, you were, if you were like a uh, one of these alternative kids, it was not. You were you were yeah you were kind of a joke and uh, so it, it 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 to me it was like hey you know in at least in this song he's like I got you I see you yeah totally I a hundred percent agree with all that um, I think again kind of like cool enough for you it's a song about kind of trying to fit in somewhere um, and then finding, you know, peace and comfort. Like, yeah, I just, as a teen trying to fit into a scene and find an identity, I found a lot of peace in this idea um, that like uh, God of everlasting comfort believed in me, even as like a a loser, somebody left out. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's among the, like, I think why, the times when this record goes to very like um, fully emotional places, but never gets into cheesy for me is like the earnestness feels very earned. Like I don't think of it as a put on. I think of it as like, yeah, this actually does. If you are writing a song about like what God has done for you, this one actually felt like I could connect to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it meant a lot to me. And this is, and this is how I felt. And it's also where I felt and found a lot of my comfort as a young person of faith, like that felt very much isolated and un- yeah. misunderstood. It's like, totally. God's got me. I'm good. I'm all yep. set. Yep. Um, but also the, another class clown acting like a goof to be accepted by my peer, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, just like doing what you could to be like, you know, notice me. Right. I, I want to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. When he's like talking about how you skipped two grades in math, I'm like, I don't know about that part, <laughs> but the like <laughs> class clown, you know, trying to get people to accept you. I'm like, there we go. That's, that's, that's more me. <laughs> yeah. I was not, I was not a nerd in the sense that I was uh, no. advanced. <laughs> no. Uh, um, now you, is this your number one? I think this is the one that speaks to me the most. Five iron frenzy takes a lot. Fire, straight fire, Kentucky. Yeah, I love you. No, okay. <laughs> Shout out, Kitty Doggy, for being like a pretty uh, listenable kind of like middle of the album joke track. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm more of a Kingdom of the Dinosaurs guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to uh, the Godzilla song later too. So. <laughs> Oh shit. Luke Home 19 fucking 78. <laughs> Summer of 1978. 
That's number three. That's my number two. Okay, cool. I was like, I'm figuring it's it's in there. So we both shared our top three, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, handbook, blue comb, sucker punch, and yours was a fistful handbook, blue comb, blue comb, and sucker punch could have easily cracked that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, this another like, you know, this is one of the handful of the the five iron songs. I would say, yeah. um, as, and this one really spoke to me, um, as someone whose parents' relationship was rocky and, and ended in divorce. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love it musically. Um, but I also love how it all kind of leads together into that, um, cathartic final chorus when the metaphor and the theme of the song really comes together where it's like, uh, bottom of the hill yeah. My parents both up front Cause they loved each other still Maybe just a comb made of plastic An action of a sibling like in Cooth But something that was thrown out that window Who was the last great symbol of my youth Have you seen my car? So good Yeah it It's I, I yeah man it I it's such a, it's such an emotional song about a comb but it's not about a comb right right and maybe just like a family being together I don't know when his, it like I don't know his family situation maybe it was the last time last kind of road trip they were together a, yeah. a memory before things went bad or like a moment yeah. before things went bad I don't know I believe so yeah that's um, my memory of it at least yeah um but i also i also know exactly i can picture the comb in my yeah, head as, right. as somebody who grew up in the early 80s and mm-hmm. you know he's talking obviously this is 78 but like those sort of like big thick tooth tooth kind of like plasticky combs right um but yeah it's yeah. it's it's a perennial classic for sure we heard a little bit of it there but like when it's like the toms and it's building into just the bass and the drums uh and the second verse it's just so good and then yeah that leads into the culmination that we heard yeah oh my gosh give it to me 
this the part you're thinking about? Yeah, when it's like driving down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we already heard this <laughs> yep but yeah it's just such a perfect um, let's uh let's just let's just, just <laughs> that would be fine. that's fine with me honestly um but yeah i just love the way that it's it's stripped down and builds back up again and yeah, yeah. it's it's a pretty perfect little uh, song. Yep, into it. A banner year, 1864, don't want the red man anymore. Can't have him taking token flag, trade pipes and shake some hands, tell them the white stripes stand for peace. Second album, second song about uh, Native American genocide. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> so we've been we've been shouting out uh, Reese and his in his songwriting and Scott and his and 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 Dennis and their musical songwriting and Andy, but I just I feel like I want to just shout out Keith and his uh bass playing on this record the bass lines on this album so much the bass the bass is just so thick and tasty (laughs) it's so good i just i'm i'm just really i'm really happy um but also like i everybody everybody on this record brings it the the horn the all the horns are just so punchy and perfect yeah and all the guitar riffs and everything is just this it's just everything on this record is just so cohesive and solid yeah. and consistent. Yeah. It sounds great. I mean, the the song structures, the production, it's really for me it's them at the, the top of their game. So Yeah. Um yeah, this is a definite top three contender for me as well. Um yeah, like you said, it's about the Sand Creek Massacre of eighteen sixty four, uh the murder of uh Chief Black Kettle um by US troops. And just the whole idea of, um, you know, he was told that waving the flag would save him, uh, but ultimately did not. Um, And just how potent a metaphor that is for so much that like the lies of nationalism and manifest destiny. Um, 
and this was another like you know i was talking about throwing up the five iron political lyrics on my aim away message or uh Hell yeah. you know make out club profile page <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> um like the whole um you know wave your flag salivate stirring feelings of pride and hate a piece of cloth can't hold your faith um just yeah naming the sort of blasphemy and idolatry of conflating faith with country Ugh. um yeah. John, what's what's that like in 2020? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. A There's, lot of this album feels very prescient still. So yeah, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure does. <laughs> I mean, it, it sucks to think that things have gotten worse. Right. In right. in the past 23 years. Yeah, we need that, ska again to guide yeah. us. We need some. We need another ska against racism tour. Is what we need. Uh, I would take it. I would be um, so pumped if there's another ska against racism tour. Get yeah, some suicide machines. Get some five yeah. iron, please. Get some Austin Jake, right? Austin Jake. Yeah, I'm okay. sure. I'm sure. Mu three thirty was there. Probably. Whoever whoever was uh, on Asian Man was right. Probably. Right, they were there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just yeah, that idea to me always felt very powerful. That like our banners, our flags as people are sort of empty promises, but God's is a banner of love like that. Yeah. yeah, That always really moved me. And even as a kid, like, yeah, just another one for me that like, Oh, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, his banner over me is love, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, and now on to a song after the song that rubs me differently. Mm. Mm. Rub you differently if you want. Oh, shit. Okay, so for those listening and not li- and not watching, a very good girl just joined just joined the pod. Harry. She's not saying much. <laughs> She's not saying much. But uh much like Kevin, she she loves this album, so she had to come in and <laughs> Yeah, say we hi. were both we were both visited by our pets during the recording of this of this episode. Mm-hmm. So yep. um and, and and for the five iron fans who haven't been with us since the beginning, they don't know the joy that is Harry Potter, your dog. 
She's a she's a staple of this uh, this endeavor. She's an institution. Yeah. <laughs> she. Um, I just. I. I just love. I love her. I love her so much. I love her almost as much as I love my own cat. <laughs> she's amazing. The second season will never come for her because she's going to live forever. That's true. Um, those those leaves will never turn brown because no. green baby. <laughs> um, yeah. This is uh, this is the weakest of the album for me. <laughs> Same. I agree. I. I have I have a hard time with this song. Um, so I, I I don't I I don't disagree with the idea that in the second verse the strongest will expire just the same, the quick will fall exactly like the lame. I mean, lame is not exactly a term I would use for you know maybe uh, these days, but. Yeah, um, I'm guessing that's like a, a verse or something. Um, so I just the 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 this idea that like um, time is winding down, but only for this life. I want to be found enjoying the next life. Um, the 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 focus and um preoccupation with an afterlife in some circles of Christianity is so peculiar to me because if you're constantly focused on, I need to make sure I get into heaven and that other people get into heaven and that, and that what I'm doing will get me to heaven. Then how can you literally this song is called second season. It's literally about not this life, right? It's about not being present um and you're you're even as a young person dennis is writing about time is winding down yeah and, and i mean i can understand that you you have this idea about what an afterlife is like but i and as somebody who grew up in an evangelical faith and was very much concerned about going to hell, um, I can tell you that like, yeah, that this kind of idea would have resonated with me then. But, but now it's, I'm the very much polar opposite about, about this way of thinking. Yeah. I mean, uh, shout out to your dad. (laughs) Dr. J. Phelan for writing a book on eschatology and which is for those, for those who aren't familiar. <laughs> uh, I mean, basically like and end times. You yeah. Know. Letting viewing, letting the lens through which you experience your faith be one that's um, wrapped up entirely with how it will end and what comes next. And like you were saying that leads into very um, dangerous theological sociological territory um if you convince yourself that the world doesn't matter um and so we need to just think about heaven and that's been uh damaging and (laughs) for american christianity for centuries um well i mean there's also there's also a sprinkling of sand if you will in not a fistful no in in a fistful of sand Oh, oh, sorry. That there is a little bit, um, you know, there's a little bit of that. It's like sort of like guarding against 
yeah. being focused on this life by accumulating things. Right. That, here. that, that makes more sense to me. <laughs> I can believe in the idea of not putting so much stock into this present reality that we lose sight of what's important. What I can't do so much is be like, I'm going to worry about heaven. That seems more important to me than anything here. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I do like this song. Like I said, there aren't any songs that I don't like on this album. I like the horn arrangements a lot specifically. Um, I like the guitar tone here. Um, yeah. It's a Dennis song, as we've said, and his tend to not be the ones that, you know, they stick out. They're, they're definitely different. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I like it. It's just, again, it's, it's not a theme that feels as um, impactful to me as any of the other themes on the album. And, and again, when we're talking about sequencing, second season between banner year and litmus yeah it, like maybe it, this is more of a closer or close to the end or something seconds i mean it just it just sticks out between yeah, right. it very much sticks out between talking about native american genocide sure and yeah. litmus where you're tw- you're trying to quantify yeah god um and so it's just like the the theology and the focus of this of the songs they're just like they're all so different. These three songs are all over the place and not in a negative way. I'm just saying like, I I don't know if I would have second season seems like a shock between these three in between these two songs. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Yeah. I, uh, you know, you talked in the last episode about wanting your outlook on life to be more like a Richard Rohr. And um, I think he's one of those people who's written about, how to view what comes next a second season if you will in a way that's been really helpful for me where it's like are you talking falling upward bro <laughs> perhaps i am i can't even remember like which oh. one is in <laughs> i'm talking upward. about falling upward over here wait wait wait, wait, wait falling upward <laughs> falling upward you falling upward over there over here <laughs> oh man richard Rohr loves that bit um, <laughs> he's richard Rohr. look for him in his 2020 uh, stand up special on netflix yeah. <laughs> he's got a tight 10 on uh, <laughs> yeah he's eschatology. Gonna, you're going to be richard roaring with laughter <laughs> I really hope that somebody <laughs> has that blurb about something he does at some point. Maybe um, um, no, he's. I mean, if you've ever listened to Pete Holmes's podcast where he where he's interviewed Richard Rohr twice, um, he he talks about how Richard talks uh, or Richie Rohr as as Pete likes <laughs> as to call. You call him. Uh-huh. Um, but he's uh, he talks about how he's he loves talking to Pete and he loves talking with comedians because he's often too serious and too like <laughs> heady and stuff. So, uh, but, but he's, he's a, he's a lovely man. I, I just, I admire and respect him to death. Agree. Um, yeah, but just his sort of his take on, maybe it's not so much a black and white thing between talking this world. Over here? <laughs> yeah, talking to allies. Um, <laughs> between, <laughs> between this world and the next that maybe it's maybe there's more blurring going on than we think there is and maybe we can um spend that time thinking about how to live into the next world in this world because they're really the same world so anyway yeah talking that universal christ <laughs> over here <laughs> Okay, try to come up with something to like top it. I just can't. Oh man. Okay. Anyway. All right. Let's uh, let's let's move on to that litmus test over here. Oh. <laughs>
thick ass bass. Just a bother words and the message that they sent. of fluff like a handful of dribbles um this song rules song rules i love it this is this is like i should play this for richard Rohr and ask him what he thinks <laughs> he'd probably be into it he'd probably be like i really like you know when the double time of the intro and the chorus leads into the funky sky rhythm of the verses oh <laughs> uh, those pauses It's, I really, I really like the horns on this one. I would, um, I wouldn't mind hearing the song more live. No, I yeah, I would take that for sure. I mean, I really think the way that they're all integrated together for that final pre-chorus there is very satisfying and yeah. such a perfect pit song. Me and Harriet were mixing it up in the pit during that song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what I think uh, was Harry taking a leak in the pit, or <laughs> she, yeah, she did wander away at one point during this pod, and I was like, I know that she's peeing somewhere, and I'm gonna have to clean it up <laughs> later. Um, anyway, <laughs> I yeah, the song I think really speaks to the whole like scene and time that our pod is all about. <laughs> like, it's very much about the desire to package and commodify something as expansive and mysterious as faith into sort of like trinkets and bumper stickers. And I don't know the fact that they're taking on the Christian music industry and scene um, is, is pretty cool. (laughs) No, I love Uh, it. I love it. It it speaks to me on a very deep level. I'm trying to find one, uh, <laughs> here we go. How satisfying would that be? Those, I mean, those punchy, though that's what I'm saying. Those punchy, like you know, staccato. They they just sounds great. Yeah, I can't remember how many times I have or haven't heard that live, but I agree that it's not. Uh, what, what about what about this one? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Welcome to Canada. It's a maple leaf steak. Canada, oh Canada, it's great. The people are nice and they speak French too. If you don't like it, man, you're Smith Blue. The great white north, their kilts are black. Hosers take off. It's not how bad I want to be. Where yaks can run free. This is this is a fun song. It is. It's another. It's another silly one. It's a silly one, but it's <laughs> near the end of the record, so I yeah. Uh, and and it's a classic, but it's also the uh, the only song on here that the, Micah gets a music credit on. Yeah, so I, saw that. yeah. I wonder if I wonder if he he was part of the crafting of that little that little. Bang. It seems kind of like a micro riff. I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I mean, it feels prescient. Uh, an ode to leaving <laughs> today for Canada feels feels more timely than ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Trying to get some venison slurpees over oh, here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about this one. If any, uh, any, can, you want to shout out any Canadians? Shri, uh, shout out, shout uh, out, pup. shout out, shout out, pup. Our uh, our boys in the our boys in the sketch. That's right. Shout out to uh, our listeners in the sketch. Um, we can shout out uh, our boy Michael J. Fox. Um, sure. From, from Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first Canadian I think of. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. thoughts on this song most likely to succeed uh i'm not sure if it's a reference to someone 
specific or just generally about the concept, <laughs> but it's like, it's pretty harsh. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I think it's generally about this idea of like the success of the world being built upon like the exploitation of others or just like selfishness broadly. Um, but I don't know if it's like Reese had a bad experience with a specific dude <laughs> who was that, or if it's just kind of taking on that, that mindset. Yeah. Um, so I what don't do know. Maybe, I don't know. It, 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 it makes me, makes me wonder, um, that it just does seem like there's a little bit, uh, a little bit more hostility in this, in the yeah, song than for sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's harsh for them. I, I like it. I don't know. It's not one. It's not among my like top half of fave songs from this record, but I, I like it. I do like the, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like the sort of like like the guitar harmonics. Like yes, yeah. No, it sounds great. Yeah, it all sounds great. Yep, that's all I have to say about that. And next, every day, day. yeah. Oh boy. is the most um worshipy song for sure, for on sure. the record yep um but yeah i and in that sense how do you feel about it <laughs> i i i think the the melodies um and the crescendos and the building yeah it it serves its purpose as as a worship song yeah. In the sense that it elicits an emotional response, but mm-hmm. it also is just like a, it's just a great song. Yeah, I agree. It's, this is a top three contender for me. Um, you know, it's still their set closer and probably forever will be. Um, I think, like you said, it's the most explicitly worshipy. There's a reason they used to play this and then do worship songs like the encore. They don't do that part anymore, but um, it still feels like a worship song. But again, it's like, it's probably the most earnest 
or explicit the album gets, but it feels very genuine to me. And it still really makes me emotional. I don't know. It's like as an old cynical bastard now, uh, you know, being reminded to dream bigger or like the call to, you know, make me remember what it is to wonder again through you. Like that just is a very, I don't know. Always moving to me. Let me see. Another sick baseline. Man versus himself. Man versus machine. Man versus the world. Mankind versus me. The struggles go on. The wisdom I lack. The burdens keep piling up on my back. So hard to breathe to take the next step. The mountain is high. I wait in the depths. Yearning for grace. for grace. And hoping for peace. Damn. It's a it's a solid, very solid closing song. Yep. For this album and just show wise. Yeah, I remember like twenty years ago, seeing Leonora be emotionally affected by the lyrics, and then like last year, whenever we saw them last, or this or whatever, twenty nineteen, <laughs> um, and just the fact that it still moves them, or at least some of them, after playing it so many times i think you know it's a tribute to that it, there's something about if it's an actually um genuine worshipy song if it can achieve that sort of um i don't know euphoric feeling <laughs> that it reaches by the end but it does it in like a, a genuine way that can be really um i don't know like it really stands the test of time for people i think so um that was one of the problem the problem i had with worship songs back in college in my early yeah. and in my early 20s is that um as i struggled with my faith i i was always tr- striving for authenticity and i no. hated feeling like i was being manipulated totally and they're so calculated i mean yeah that's just yeah the textbook for like what's the laziest songwriting both like musically and and lyrically um, and I think that's why I, I appreciated it even more. That it's like it's trying to achieve those same things that a contemporary praise and worship song might be doing, but it's doing it in a way that's not just like this paint by numbers calculation. And it actually breaks through and feels. I feel I still feel something listening to it, which I can't say for a lot of like worship style songs. So, right, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Godzilla? This song is the Godzilla song. There it is. <laughs> yes, yes, go. Ready, play. <laughs> Andy, coming in those fills. Yeah. We got one come through 
think this is like a real song they were working on. That is a good question. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> Maybe it was like a go-to kind of just like mess around while they're getting their levels um, set or something. Godzilla, like that. Godzilla song, twenty twenty, legit, <laughs> legit recording of Godzilla song. I would <laughs> Let's love to hear it. I would Maybe love to hear. Maybe that's what the big announcement is about. It sounds like Leonor. Is... I was wondering if it's her or Reese just like screaming. I don't know. Give us yes. those. Give us those deets. Um. So that's our newest album ever. Hey, that's a good album. Yeah, it's a <laughs> uh yeah, uh, bro. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a good album. Movie. Um, <laughs> let's also not forget that they uh they wear Jan Sport backpacks, um, <laughs> and they ride Reason snowboards. Sure. And lo- they look through eyes on sunglasses. Is that what it says in the liner notes? <laughs> yeah. That's kind yeah. of a bummer. That's kind of a bummer. I think I think it's a. I think it's Is a it joke. a joke? Okay. I think yeah, it's it's uh uh I don't know if you can oh. know if you can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, I do remember that now. Yeah, I don't know. Not to get all handbook for the sellout on it. Uh get that SpawnCon money. But you're they, right, it's probably just a joke. They they wear Jan Sport bags and backpacks on tour and ride reason snowboards. I think that's just uh I think it's probably them doubling down. I'd be like, yeah, 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 call, yeah you're probably call right. Us, call us sellouts. Right. Uh, yeah. Shout out also, as you were showing me those liner notes to the album artwork. Um, I can't remember if we've, I think we did touch on this a little bit in our previous season. But so Doug Tennaple, do we talk about this? Yeah. Du- yeah. So he, yeah. Bunch of cool artwork. By him, uh, yeah, we have not we have not <laughs> talked about we've not talked about him. I'm just going to briefly mention. Is that okay, or should we save it for another pod? <laughs> no, I think we should talk about him now because okay, uh, this is like the the quintessential yeah 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 for sure artwork. Yeah, he did. So he's the guy who created Earthworm Jim. Yeah. Very important to me as a kid. I really like his sort of style and sensibility. He did the artwork for this. Uh, Quantity is job one. Proof that youth are revolting. The end is near. Engine a million plots. Like he's really been their guy through a lot of it um cool artwork on this album unfortunately became like super right wing and anti-lgbtq in recent years or at least like became more vocal about that uh so that's a bummer but his artwork is cool (laughs) yeah it it is a um it is a when i first learned that we're both like Oh, the man. first we were like, should we get him on the pod? Yeah. <laughs> and then we did a cursory Google search of like, him. And we're like, ooh, hard. This guy over here. This guy over here. Questionable politics <laughs> over here. Hating <laughs> queer people over here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was not. Anyway. It, 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 yeah, it's also like his style of yeah. artwork is like what our logo is. Yes, yeah, very much. <laughs> It's based uh, on. Um, so anyway, I like that style a lot. <laughs> we'll just stick yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, speaking speaking of our our artwork. Yes. Um, want to shout out uh, the dude 
who did our artwork. Yes, please. Um, he he's on Instagram. Um, you can find him on Instagram. Heavy Ordnance Studios. Heavy underscore O R D N A N C E underscore Studios. Um, so you can find him there. Um, you can go to heavy dash ordinance dot com. Um, looks like his name is Matthew Kiernan. And so, yeah, he's, he's an amazing artist. Um, met new, got this done through our boy, Danny Leary. Um, so, and Danny Leary did the coloring on our logo too. So shouts, shouts. Thanks Matthew. Yeah. Thanks guys for making that happen. It looks dope. Yeah, it is dope. It is, I mean, significantly just like, I'm just in awe of, of the artwork every time I look at it. Very cool. Uh, we got to get it on some, some merch. Get some some merch over here. Yeah. Get some merch over here. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get some, uh, get some mugs and t-shirts over here. That's a, a perfect segue into our closing uh, bullet points. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, if you are enjoying this, please give us a rating and a review. And go ahead and smash that subscribe button over here. Get some over five, on, give uh, us some five stars some over five here. Stars over <laughs> here on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts over here. Um, <laughs> let us know what you thought of this episode. Give us that feedback. You can also email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. Yeah, leave us a voicemail over here. 872-762-4763. 8727-MAGPOD. Support us over here at (laughs) patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. I'm not going to do this bit anymore this week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's so so easy to just... (laughs) Slide into it. Just slide into it over here. Yeah, it's just as easy to slide into our DMs over on Instagram. You can also um, buy some merch, magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Um, yeah, this was, uh, this was a really fun episode. I'm excited about where we're going next. Um, going to do that, uh, do the, the, our, the EP going to do uh, quantities oh, job one. Good question. I was going to ask you this off mic, but I'm glad we're hashing it out on the air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should we do that next or should we save the EPs for later? Oh, so you want to go out of order and then move on to... All the hype would be what would be hype. next. I don't know. I could go either way because I really love quantity and I wouldn't mind doing that next. Yeah. Um, I, my feeling is release order. Okay. Let's do that. Um, all right. Well, and it's a shorter, I, it's a shorter, it's a shorter record. That's right. It'd be Obviously. probably only like three hour episode then. <laughs> um, but time is winding down, yep. but only for this episode. And we want you to be found enjoying the next episode when we'll cover Quantity is Job One. Bye. <laughs>
Big time. Stop the bass. Big time. Uh, shout out to Paul Rudd. Get him on the pod. <laughs> Big Scott fan. Paul Rudd loves slapping the bass. Loves. He's doing a reggae guy. Loves reggae. <laughs> 